0: Day, October 19th, and the Plucers have all assembled. It's good to see so many of you friendly faces in the chat once again. Uh, Good morning to all. Good afternoon, or maybe you're watching us late tonight. Uh, Good evening. It's wonderful to have you here. Thanks for stopping on by. And we got a good one for you today. It's going to be a short one, it's going to be crisp. We are not going to waste any of your time. Daddy's wearing a collared shirt. Do you know what that means? It means he's got go to he's gotta go to lunch. He's got someone to meet today for lunch who could turn into a very interesting future pluser guest, if you don't mind me saying. We're not going to spill the beans. But whenever a New York Times bestselling author says, hey, let's get together for lunch, you should get together for lunch. So I'm going to do that today. And who knows what that could become here in the future. Damon, are you working on things? Always. Always working on things. Look, week seven in the NFL officially begins tonight. It's officially Vikings week now for the 49ers. No more time to mess around. No more time to feel sorry about losing in Cleveland or anything like that. And there's really no more time to even discuss anything that went on in week six. Except I do have one last thing to share with you. I just discovered this today. Pretty interesting, actually. Um, Again, no more talking about that weird loss in Cleveland specifically. But just to demonstrate... Week six, not just for the 49ers, was a really weird league week. I mean, really, really weird week for the entire league, and it's just not because of poorly officiated games as you look around. Offenses were struggling in week six, and I want to share this nugget with you. In week six, the NFL saw teams across the league average 18.4 points. That's the... NFL's lowest scoring week in seven years. 23 teams in all scored 20 or fewer points. And that is the most ever or fewest ever, if you're looking at it in terms of points. But the most points scored failure was league wide, basically. It was a bad week. Quarterbacks around the NFL in week six combined for a 78.6 passer rating. That is also the worst in seven years. Only two teams, the Jaguars, who played tonight, and the Dolphins, averaged or scored more than 27 points last week. So it was just a really, really weird week all around. And look, the very best of the best of the best, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Burrow, Hertz, if you want to include him in that conversation, Justin Herbert, Tua, every single one of those guys, all of them, Lamar, all of them have struggled at one point or another in this season where even though every advantage in the world is given to the offense, it's not like it's just easy breezy offense every week. As a matter of fact, scoring is down around the league. And it, it makes the Niners' thirty-point game run to, to the thirty points per game run to open this year until last week that much more impressive when you look back at it. You know, there's the uh, the, the 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 hindsight always being twenty twenty. You can see your thing, see things more clearly when it's over. Um, look, an off week for Brock Purdy. Let's be completely honest; it was overdue. It wasn't just due, it was overdue for Brock Purdy. So, in a week where things went wrong, things got weird, things went wrong and got weird in a lot of NFL towns. So, dust yourself off and get yourself ready for a Monday night football game, which, by the way, you know, it, it feels like Minnesota's having a really down year. It doesn't just feel like that, it is that. So, I don't know if there is is a bad time to be playing the Vikings this season, But the best time would be right now. And that's when the 49ers get them all to themselves on Monday night football. Minnesota's offense is experiencing some serious growing pains with the absence of Justin Jefferson, who is sidelined with injury. And look, Kirk Cousins, maybe one of the reasons why, you know, Kyle Shanahan has spent so many years kind of enamored with him. He throws a great deep ball. He really does. But he is missing his great deep target in Justin Jefferson. This means he's going to be getting the ball out faster. This may negate a little bit of a pass rush, which has seemed to have been a theme all around the NFL this week, but there is a path to victory for the 49ers. That's pretty easy to see, and it's right through the interior of that Vikings offensive line. Uh, Meanwhile, Running back Cam Akers, who spent a couple of disgruntled years with the Rams down in L.A., is now in Minnesota, but he's not starting. It's Alexander Matson; He is their starter still. He's having a little bit of a tough time this year, and the Vikings have one of the best, if not the best, pass-blocking graded offensive line from pro football focus in this league. So, running backs are supposed to pop. Hasn't quite happened. The passing game... Is taking a step back without Justin Jefferson. So um, it's the right time to be catching the Minnesota Vikings. Now we'll see who can go for the 49ers, waiting on you know the day-to-day status of Trent and Debo all trending to them playing. At least that's the way it sounds. Christian McCaffrey, we've talked about him already. I would exercise extra caution on Christian McCaffrey. I don't think you need Christian McCaffrey to beat the Vikings. I do think you need Christian McCaffrey to win a Super Bowl. So he's got to be ready for the postseason. Pardon me. I have a little coughing to do. Hold on. It's the spilkis. It's the spilkis. We found out that grandpa has got bronchitis. Someone in this house has been coughing for over a month. Maybe there's a little scotch of bronchitis in my lungs. I don't even know. Um, Anyway, it's the right time. It's the right time for the 49ers to be catching this team, and the 49ers should control and win this game with a strength that is great for them. I mean, the weak Vikings interior offensive line is just set up, you would think, for Hargrave and Kinlaw and Armstead to feast upon. Now, Christian Derisaw and Brian O'Neill are two of the best tackles in football. The Vikings are set at tackle. It's the inside of that offensive line that I think the 49ers find their win this week. Um, uh, I, I got a buddy of mine who, his name is Brady. Brady and I went to college. Brady's a huge Vikings fan. I said, give me the inside dirt on your team. And he, tells, he told me, he's like, the weak link is this offensive line, particularly at right guard where the Vikings are starting a second year, second rounder named Ed Ingram, who is quickly becoming like persona non grata amongst Vikings fans. And in chat rooms, they've identified him as the weak link. Uh, My pal Brady says, look, we just started trotting out Dalton Risner, who wasn't even on the roster three weeks ago. So it's a little bit of a work in progress. When I uh, I followed up with Brady, I'm like, well, tell me a little bit about this defense. And he's like, our defensive line is junk and just a bunch of guys who would be high-end backups or even rotational guys on other teams. I won't even bother mentioning them by name as they are wholly forgettable. Well, that's a much different defensive line than the 49ers saw in Cleveland last week. I'll give you that much. So it sounds like this is set up. For a game to be won in the trenches by the 49ers, and guess what? That's the place where all football games are basically won. So having an advantage there is a real nice way to start looking at a game. Uh, Obviously, Daniil Hunter is a total stud. He's a pass rusher. He's a run stuffer. He is a do-everything-everywhere linebacker. Jordan Hicks is good. But he's a little bit undersized. He can get manhandled by physical offenses. And I think the 49ers got the most physical offense there is in the NFL. They play violently. You know, whether it's Christian McCaffrey or not, whether it's Debo or not, you got Brandon Ayuk, who is an undersized wide receiver trying to run through guys. Obviously. The bright lights of Monday Night Football, the big spotlight, usually brings out a very good version of George Kittle. This sounds like a game where yak yards are going to be there. Kittle is a yak yard tight end if there ever was one. Debo Samuel, hopefully he can go. Maybe this is a week to get Ronnie Bell more involved. It sounds like there is a level of physicality that the 49ers can put on that football field that the Vikings are going to have a little trouble matching up against. And that's the name of the game: just whooping ass against the Minnesota Vikings in their own barn on Monday night. Uh, Ivan Pace is an undrafted rookie. He plays opposite of Hicks. Uh, he is he's good. He's good, but he can be beaten by a bigger guy. Uh, the corners are are okay in Minnesota at best. Uh, Byron Murphy is solid. Uh, Brian, uh, excuse me. Yeah, Byron Murphy is solid, but. Um, It sounds like he can get picked on by bigger, more physical receivers. Again, Debo Samuel, kind of looking at you. Juwan Jennings, kind of looking at you. Um, This is going to be a game that the 49ers should control on the field, even if they're not controlling the game on the scoreboard. And if they can just do what they have done, they should win this game. If the team of the first of the first five weeks shows up, I don't see how the Vikings do win this game. Um, I'll leave you the last thing that uh that Brady sent along to me. That I thought was pretty funny. He's like first of all the safeties are the strength of this defense. Veteran Harrison Smith is playing like an all pro. Cam Bynum is good. Josh Matulas is patrolling the other spot. Brian Flores their defensive coordinator. Often employs three safeties. He'll have a, a safety in the nickel. Uh, playing up on the. You know, with the linebackers. And it's just a kind of an interesting look. That they're going to give. They like their safety depth. And they're they're using it. Um. The one place where the 49ers need to, you know, also just be Johnny on the spot. We dismiss it all the time, but special teams. And I didn't think special teams obviously had a good week in Cleveland. Hopefully it's a rebound week. And as far as special teams go, for the Vikings Brady writes our punter is a big fat dude and I kind of like that in a punter Ryan White has a booming leg but after having zero touchbacks in 2022 he's got a bunch this year special teams has been a disappointment he says I expect the 49ers to win this game handedly it might even be a one score type of game but another game that you still control the flow of the entire thing so the biggest Viking fan I know thinks a Hurton is coming to town just looking at this from the 49ers' standpoint, I think that they caught a little Jesus in, in Cleveland. Shanahan hasn't had much to you know, be angry at his team about or coach them through through the first five weeks. An awful lot of coaching done this week, getting them ready. Uh, here we go. Monday night football, and I want to remind everybody that we're going to get going at the two-minute warning, and I hope that you join me right here Monday night for a huge postgame show. Postgame and Damon is back with a vengeance. And I'm looking forward to it. We got week seven uh, beginning in Jacksonville tonight, by the way. Uh, Jacksonville. No, it's it's. excuse me. Week seven is in New Orleans. It's where it starts. Jacksonville is at New Orleans. Trevor Lawrence is out there playing through a sprained knee. Uh, the Saints defense has been been pretty nasty this year, especially against the pass. So this should be a, a, a very interesting game. Uh, Derek Carr. And the offense has churned out more yards than points so far this season. As a matter of fact, New Orleans has been held to one or fewer touchdowns on four occasions already this year. So points struggling to find them. Yardage, not so much. They've been failing in the red zone. And, And look, Jacksonville is definitely a team on the rise. They're good. They're good. But they've never won in New Orleans. The Jacksonville Jaguars as a franchise have never won in the Superdome, and the Superdome happens to be a house of horrors for Trevor Lawrence, who lost two games in college, both of them. Both of them were in New Orleans when Clemson lost to LSU in the 2019 national title game and then the following year against the Buckeyes in the national semifinals. So I don't think Trevor Lawrence likes the Superdome very much. He hasn't had any success there. The Jacksonville Jaguars have never won a game. So the Cosmos is either working against Jacksonville tonight or we will finally put everything back in balance and give them their first win. So we'll see what the Cosmos cooks up tonight. Week 7 officially underway this evening. I like that. What are you going to do? It's a great sports day. It's a great sports day. Sports day starts just after lunch. We got ourselves an NLCS in Arizona that starts at 2 o'clock Got an ALCS game, Bruce Bochy trying to get back on that winning side. Uh, We'll get to baseball in just a second, but I'm talking about lunch, and that means I'm talking about Ike's. I love Ike. What a great guy. What a great business. What a great sandwich. He treats his customers and his employees with love. It's like, seriously, it sounds corny, but it's the truth. This guy cares about the business he runs. You can feel it. You can taste it. You can see it when you go in there. Go ahead and join the Ike's Rewards program. Download that app. Start earning free sandwiches at Ike's. You'll be very, very happy that you did. And speaking of being very happy, you'll be very happy winning the bets you make when you get advice on what bets you should be making from BottomLineBets.com. My friend Stefan is the hottest handicapper in Las Vegas. And guess what? It's the weekend. Well, it's coming soon anyways. And he's got a little something for you. Use promo code BRUCE at BottomLineBets.com. Promo code BRUCE gets you a free day of handicapping. Now, you can save that till Sunday. You can save that to your college football Saturday. Anyone who used it yesterday was getting winners from the ice. My man knows hockey. He wins hockey bets. He wins all the time. He certainly knows baseball. Get down with Bottom Line Bets and get down with a free day of handicapping by using promo code BRUCE, B-R-U-C-E, at BottomLineBets.com. There is no reason to not jump on this money train that is just chugging, chugging, choo-choo all over the world. BottomLineBets.com, use promo code BRUCE for a free day of handicapping. My man's on fire. Plain and simple. How about the Warriors last night? Wasn't that fun for a preseason game? I mean, whenever you got Steph lining up what could be a game winner, yeah, I don't care what what it is. Everyone leans forward, and he buried it last night. Steph Curry with the game-winning three-pointer. And the Warriors, I can't help but notice, have yet to lose a game in the preseason. I mean, that parade should probably go up Market Street. Uh, Final tune-up is set for Friday night against the San Antonio Spurs. And we're not gonna sit down and, and break down preseason basketball. We're not going to. But there were some things that I saw last night that I liked, absolutely liked. Hold on. Yep, there it is. That's the sip of the day right there. That was easy. That was easy. Oh, that was delicious. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go back in for another. Hold on. Hmm. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. We're going to talk about Trace Jackson Davis here for a second. So I'm putting on the stripes. Putting on these candy stripes. Trace Jackson Davis with a double-double. He got a start last night, and he's doing all those things I told you he would do. Just looking comfortable. Just knowing where to be, knowing how to use his body, knowing how to use his hips to block guys out and get rebounds, all the things that no other rookie in the Steve Kerr era really showed up with a know-how of doing, Trace does it. You don't have to coach him on a box out. He does it. He just knows. I'm not saying Trace Jackson Davis is about to win Rookie of the Year or even Contribute in a massive fashion to the Warriors' overall story this year. But when turned to, he will be ready. That's all I'm there to tell you. He will be ready to not screw things up. It sounds like a pretty low basement to have for somebody. Like, what's your floor? Just don't screw things up? If just don't screw things up was easy and available, we'd see a lot of guys do it in basketball. Guys screw things up in basketball all the time. Trace Jackson Davis, there's a 12-year pro just waiting in that guy. You can see it, can't you? I told you. I told you it was coming. And there is something about him that I just, I really, really like. And if you like basketball, you got to just be like, there he is, that guy. That guy's a player right there. I see him. I'm going to tell you right now, if Jonathan Kaminga is going to be averaging 18 points a game this year, the Warriors could win the West. I I really mean it. Jonathan Kaminga looks like he's about to take a leap. Chris Paul, who ran with the second unit, led the team in assists last night. And that was almost like a full dress rehearsal. You had kind of regular rotational minutes for those that, you know, are going to be playing this year. Uh, sort of a normal night. Didn't feel like a preseason game, even though it was. They beat the Kings on the last second bucket. Kings are scrappy, but they haven't won a game in the preseason. Um, I thought Dario Saric looked pretty good. Looks like he's going to fit. Um, good to see Klay Thompson continue to rebound his way through a poor shooting night. Uh, it was it, it The Warriors winning in a waltz. Had Clay Thompson had a normal night. He had an abnormal night. So... Um it's preseason basketball. There's only one more of these things tomorrow. Victor Webinyama, all seven foot twenty-six inches of him coming into town. Um And then we do this for real in the NBA starting Tuesday night next week at Chase Center. I can't wait to get back in there. It's going to be an awful lot of fun. It really, really is. Uh, The Plus is credentialed. The Plus will be your source for NBA everything. Consider me the true flagship of basketball knowledge. I can't be the flagship of the Warriors anymore, but true warrior knowledge will be almost uh, offered up exclusively uh, here on the Plus. So come get it. It's going to be good. I can't wait for this basketball season. And again, one of my favorite Indiana Hoosiers of all time just happens to be the rookie who I think is going to have a good year for the Golden State Warriors. So there we go. Whenever we go Trace, we go Candy Stripes. We're moving out of that. To tell you a little bit about Jordan Poole dropping 41 at the Garden, while while Clay Thompson struggled, Jordan Poole was dropping 41. Just saying. Look, I know that wasn't the choice, right? I I, I understand that. But uh, I'm going to be rooting for Jordan Poole every single night he takes a court this year. I I, I like Jordan Poole. Uh, it didn't work out, obviously, with the Warriors because I think the Warriors gave up on a guy and had a relationship that they should have forced but didn't. Very laissez-faire, hands-off. Everybody, you guys, choose your own friends. I wouldn't have come off of Jordan Poole. I wouldn't have. Warriors did, so here we are. Uh, got... Chris Paul, we'll see what that means when it's all said and done. Jordan Poole hit half of the 12 threes that he took at the Garden and was 15 of 16 from the line. I'm just getting to the line 16 times. There's no Golden State Warrior who will get to the line 16 times all year. Won't happen. Not one guy. Uh, You want to make that bet right now? Not a single Golden State Warrior will be shooting 16 free throws all season long. I mean, maybe Chris Paul will get that because he's, he's a little scrappy. But, I mean, I, when, when, when's the last time Curry got 16 free throws or Clay? And I know their game doesn't predicate a lot of free throws, but still. Uh, I'm ready for basketball. I am. I'm ready for basketball to be back. I, I truly am. I'm excited about it. Uh, we got a little baseball for you. Oh, oh by the way, you do know that it's almost basketball season because James Harden is being a malcontent, complaining, and already trying to force a trade. He's not showing up to practice after he said he would be at practice. All I can tell you is this, James Harden. Don't like your GM all you want, but your GM has been your daddy throughout your career and treated you very, very well. You want to play the he lied to me about a Mac, this, that, the other thing. All right, don't like Daryl Morey all 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 you want. Don't. Don't like him. What about your teammates, dude? What about your teammates? What about the other 76ers who aren't fucking you over? You want to go out of your way to treat them decently? James Harden sucks. Dude, James Harden as a teammate sucks. As a basketball player, wildly talented, he's got the skill to lead the league in scoring, lead the league in assists. He's really good. He's a Hall of Fame player, he's a shit teammate. Nobody goes looking for an escape hatch faster than James Harden, right? Mr. Get-me-out-of-here. Little baseball for you. Little baseball for you. The Astros won Game 3 in Texas last night, handing the Rangers and our favorite manager in the world, Bruce Bochy, the first loss of their postseason. Game 4 at 5 o'clock this evening on FS1. Like I said, get yourself some Ikes and have a late lunch with game three of the NLCS. Phillies firepower in the desert for the Diamondbacks. Phillies are up 2-0 in the NLCS. This game starts at 2 o'clock on TBS. And uh, not only are tickets apparently available, they're available for cheap. I don't know what happened. Uh, Arizona, you you get into the playoffs— You're excited for a minute there. Now you've gotten clocked twice in Philadelphia and fans are just starting to give up. Story today, front page ESPN is that you can get in the entry price for a playoff game. Not just like a wild card, but game three of the NLCS, a must have it, got to win game for the Diamondbacks. Got to win tonight, this afternoon. Your get-in-the-door price is $17. Another app called TickPick had tickets available for as low as $15. Standing room only in Philadelphia was $450. And the A's got to move? I mean, seriously. If you have a fan base that isn't excited about hosting game three of the NLCS when you got to win it and don't fill that place, I don't know if you should have a franchise that's pathetic. Diamondback fans, what's wrong with you? What a waste. What, what, a, what a waste of a moment on a fan base who's saying, I'm not going to a game three of the NLCS for $17. That's crazy. $17 is the price of a beer at a baseball game in the Bay Area. By the way, this is no shot at Oakland. If I had my wish, the A's would stay in Oakland forever. But if they are going to move, I seriously can't wait for the A's to move to Las Vegas, where they will be less relevant than a WNBA team. The WNBA team that was born of that city has just repeated as WNBA champions Congratulations, aces. The hockey team, born of that city, has already hoisted Lord Stanley's Cup. The Raiders have a gorgeous stadium, but they can't put 25,000 of their own fans in it for any one game because every single ticket is swooped up by fans who are traveling to Vegas to see their team on the road in Las Vegas. And there's the other little dirty secret that no one in Las Vegas wants to talk about. And that is the Raiders don't move the needle at all. They don't. This passionate, rabid fan base there might, they might get together for like a, a picture holding up a sign Raider nation. There is no Raider nation locally in Las Vegas. They, they, there is zero buzz about the Raiders and there's even less than zero buzz about the A's. It, The fact that the A's, who I always thought were undone by being like, you know, the second team to the Bay Area in terms of baseball, and they could never get ahead of the Niners popularity, the Warriors popularity, the Raiders popularity, uh, the A's, if they really do move to Las Vegas, will be less popular than a WNBA team for the first time in their existence. So... Congratulations, John Fisher. I wish you nothing but catastrophic failure in every single aspect of your business and your personal life. Fuck all of you, Fishers. You're the worst. And that might be unfair. I'm sure there are some decent Fishers, but John is such a fucker of the first degree that he's ruined the entire family name. I I hope the gap fails. Like, I'm just rooting against every element of it. I hope your art... I hope your museums burn down. Seriously. You'd be less popular than a WNBA team in this new city that you're moving to, you fucking douchebags. (laughs) (coughs) Sorry, a little cough in there. So as I said, today was going to be a short show. We gave you your Vikings preview. It is Vikings week. We took a look around one last time at how weird week six was. Getting you ready for some baseball that starts this afternoon. We're getting you ready for cataclysmic A's failure, no matter where they go, as long as they're attached to John Fisher. I want to share a little something from my, my personal life that isn't about this cool lunch I'm about to go to. We're not ready for that. But last night was a big seminal moment in the Bruce household. One of the boys took a rite of passage that every single one of us goes through. Man, woman, every child in America learns about how hot the stove is the hard way. That happened to Ozzy last night. And leave it to a little kid who you're monitoring and watching like a hawk to do something to hurt themselves in the one moment of just... Millisecond that you weren't looking right at them. So, my in-laws dropped off this popcorn popping kit that is, like, delicious. It's like gourmet popcorn. It's got yellow corn, gold corn, blue corn. It comes with special oil. It comes with all these seasonings. Like, here's movie theater butter seasoning. Here is... uh. Uh, uh, sour cream and onion seasoning. There's a cheddar kind of spicy little seasoning, a beer cheese seasoning, they call it. Uh, it's it's really good popcorn, but unlike all the other popcorn that we've made in our house since the children have been born, it wasn't microwave popcorn. It's actual, put it in a pan, keep moving it like Jiffy Pop. Popcorn, And so we had the glass lid and the poppings happening and both the boys are standing on stools watching it. They're fascinated. It's cool. It's fun, right? Pop, 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 pop. I say a million times, don't touch, don't touch, don't touch, hands behind your back. Just look, don't touch. And of course, the one second I turn around, Ozzy touched the stove. Oh, it's a rite of passage. Here's the thing. You never, ever, ever, ever want to hear your child in pain. But there's also some reassurance to know that you'll never quite hear him being in pain about that ever again. You only need to learn once. Don't touch the stove. And Ozzy learned that last night. So big life development moment in the Bruce household last night. I remember Jack's first encounter with something hot on the stove. He didn't touch the stove proper. He touched the teapot. That's how he burnt his fingertips when he was a little kid. And uh, Ozzy caught it right here, right right on this part of the hand where he touched the stove last night. Said, Dems the Breaks, kids. Sorry you got to learn the hard way, but you learned. And any day that you learn is a good day, even if you have to suffer a little through it. So we went through that last night as a family, and uh, why do you need to know that? You didn't, but we're getting you know together and personal, and I want to personally invite you to get together with yours truly, Larry Kruger, Gianna Franco, Plusmania 2 Electric Boogaloo, starting at 1 o'clock, November 5th, Victory Hall. We will further promote this the closer that we get, but circle that. Go ahead and circle that, if you will. I know that, uh, what, my former station just had an event that some of you went out there for. Uh, The last time some of you went out to a station event, you showed up at the PLUS Mania 1 and told me how utterly lame that was and how much better my event was. And, of course, it was, darling, because I'm involved. I mean, it's just that simple. It's just that simple. Sports Radio with Damon Bruce is this. Without Damon Bruce, it's this. This can't be this without a Damon. You got to have a Damon. Oh, look, there he is. There's Damon. So I hope you come on out and enjoy it. We're going to have a really good time. We're going to get drunk. We're going to get high. We're going to party together. Any other station doing promotions like that? Huh? Come on out and get buttered with your friendly host. It's going to be great. Oh, the sip of the day overhit. Thank you very much, Rockin' New Era 84, who, by the way, is my inside information on all station events that are worse than mine. True Blue Forever thinks that uh, Damon's changing his, his sipping habits, the fix is in. <laughs> oh, Chef A. Chef A is going to the Friday night Warriors game. Outstanding. Uh, Enjoy Victor Webinyama. He looks like a a, a human being that we've never even seen before. So we're going to do a really quick, really uh, abbreviated Club Plus, because I got to go to a lunch with someone who might make me even more dangerous in this space, if you don't mind me saying. We know just enough to be dangerous. Now it's time for us to become a level of deadly dangerous. So I'm, I'm going to go learning some things today. Again, a lot of learning being done by Bruce's in the last 24 hours, if you don't mind me saying. So look, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. It was wonderful to have you here today. The podcast continues to grow and blow up, and I thank you all for listening there. If that's where you catch this, and if that is indeed where you catch this, I leave you with this. That sports don't build character, they reveal it. And like that, he's gone.